Um, our scripture today is in Matthew chapter 5, and um, that's just one of the verses or one of the areas that, that I'm looking at. And the title of the message is, How, do we, how to Interpret Life. How then do you interpret life? Now, we're looking at the Beatitudes, and you can have a look at it as be, attitude, the attitude you are to be, <laughs> you are to have. Um, you know, sometimes we say people need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> sometimes people look at life um, and they look at it upside down. Uh, they don't see the good, they don't only see the bad, and some people are just, you know, they're always happy and joyful because they see the good, and they look for the good. And when you look for things, you often find them. And so the challenge for us as believers is to recognize the authority God has given us in our life and the power that God has given to us by the Holy Spirit to see things from a godly perspective or from God's divine perspective. And um, again, using the old illustration of a tapestry, if you're looking at it from the top, it all makes sense and has a beautiful picture. But if you're looking at it from the bottom, you can't make sense out of it. And often that's how we are looking at life. We're looking at all these threads going everywhere, and God sees a perfect pattern. How that all things come to work for together for good into a, an, a, into a pattern for our life. And so that's what we believe. And as we look at the um, Beatitudes, Jesus is, <laughs> he is confronting. This, these are radical teachings that he is unfolding here. I mean, they are completely off the norm of what the society and the people he's speaking to are thinking. And the first is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, some people think that Blessed are the poor, you know. So you can't have riches because they'll corrupt you, so God wants me to be poor. It's not what it's saying. <laughs> poor in spirit. Now, blessed, and first of all, we've got to back up a little bit. Blessed. The challenge for us is to recognize the blessing of God. And blessed means joyful. It means appropriate expressions of one's thoughts. I like that one that you are blessed, that you have the ability to express appropriately what you are thinking. It's a terrible day. That's not what it means. <laughs> You're blessed. You have the ability to see things from a, a, a perspective because you recognize that there is a difference between poor lack of money and poor spiritually compared to the riches of Christ. So we, we see that our spirit is bankrupt and Christ is the, the um, foundation or the fountain of all blessing, all spiritual blessing, and so we are asking and believing for his spiritual blessing to flow into our life, to fill our hearts and our lives to overflowing. Now, blessed has the idea of joy. Now, Grat joy, gratitude, we'll see all those kind of intermingling today as we look at these. Joy is the greatest gift that one can receive. It is one of the closest emotions that resemble the love of God on earth. Never thought of it that way. Joy. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So generally, whenever we think of happy, happy, happiness, happy happenings, so 
in a, in a superficial way, we say happy. And generally, that means we are happy with all the things that are going on in our life. Or sad, grieved, because of some of the lack or some of the things that aren't working. And so we are grieved over those things. So those are kind of outward experiences in life that have an inward effect. But the joy of the Lord is that which resides in our heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we're looking at joy as one of the closest emotions that resembles the love of God on earth. And the power of joy is a miracle maker. Wow. I don't know where I found that, but I liked it. <laughs> so I put it in the sermon right there at the beginning. You know, and I think I have it at the end also if we get there. So the joy is a miracle maker. So what's going on is that no matter what we are seeing in life, we have a, an inward perspective that, you know what, I'm bankrupt spiritually, so my, I can't trust my human spirit to interpret life. I must trust the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in me, to look at life and interpret it. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, Psalm 40, verse 17. My Lord, I am only a poor, helpless man. Please pay attention to me. You are my helper, the one who can save me. My God, don't be too late. <laughs> so the psalmist is seeing himself as poor, meaning he, does, he has a lack of uh, finances. He has a lack of, he, he sees himself in a poor position of life. Now the poor in spirit, we were looking at the bankrupt spiritual part of us, humanness, and we're receiving the Holy Spirit to help us in this process. Now, in this psalm, he's talking about his position of being poor and in a needy place. And so God is even, he's praying and believing that God is even there in that place taking care of him. Now, I think one of the great illustrations of this is in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Jesus here, he made this, this story for some people who were certain that they were good and had a low opinion of others, okay? Blessed are the poor in spirit, okay? Some people have a very low opinion of others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax farmer. The Pharisee, taking hi up his position, okay, this is the guy who looks down on everybody, he, taking up his position, said to himself in these words, so this is being rich in your own spirit, and poor in spirit for what the Jesus is telling them. God, I give you praise because I am not like other men. <laughs> That'd be like, you know, ah, uh, makes you puke. <laughs> that's, those are the people that like, you can't, you can't believe they're so arrogant. Well, that's what this guy is. He's, he's just arrogant because I, I'm not like other men who take more than their right, who are evildoers, who are untrue to their wives, or even like this tax farmer over here. <laughs> Twice a week I go without food. He's fasting. I give a tenth of all I have. And the tax farmer, on the other hand, keeping far away and not lifting up even his eyes to heaven, made signs of grief and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I say to you, this man went back to his home to his house with God's approval and not the other. For everyone who makes himself high will be made low, and everyone who makes himself low will be made high. 
Meaning that this tax this Pharisee was a guy who thrived on be considering himself better than others. He was an arrogant individual who looked down on anyone or everyone who was beneath him because he considered himself an elite of his society. Now, it's not that no, people cannot do not take this in the sense of I'm no good, okay? That I that I'm a, a no good person and I have no place in this. You know, like the person I mentioned that I counseled years ago, that you know he was he was working at you know Walmart, which is not a bad position, but he was the entry level individual, and he they offered him. Uh, positions to move up because he showed up every day and he did his work but he told me he refused them because he was not good enough and that he was trying to find how low that God wanted him to go in his being no good <laughs> and I said that's not where you're supposed to go in this there was a book I had at that time called the search for significance and I gave it to him and I said, you need to read this and try to understand that God has a position, a place for you, and it's not at the bottom of the heap. So he brought me the book back the next week and told me his pastor said he should not read it. He should not search for significance. He should search for insignificance. And I told him, you found it. <laughs> and that's not what this is saying. It's not telling us that we're no good and we're no, you know, we have nothing to offer. So we find that these are pronounced blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit because they recognize that in their own selves they are nothing and God is everything. It's like the, the prophet Isaiah. He says he enters into the presence of God. I think it's in chapter 5, 4, somewhere in there. He enters into the presence of God. He says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live in a, in a, in a place or a people of uncleanness. And so what he was doing is he recognized his poverty of spirit in the presence of God. So we don't go to God and tell us, how. hey, you paying attention here, how good I am? <laughs> you know, no. We're going in the presence of God, recognizing he is holy and he loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. And that we're not looking for self-basement, abasement to live in. We are looking to how that God is going to lift us up and empower us by his spirit. Um, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, being mournful is not that everything in life is bad. <laughs> but there are losses. There are times of grief and sorrow. And mourning is kind of like letting ourselves know that things in life don't last. So we're looking at the finality of life and finding the goodness of God in life. So we can grieve over losses, but we do not grieve without hope. And so we have this understanding of the Holy Spirit being with us and that we are temporary. <laughs> I am a temporary person, that we are not here forever. We're only here for a period of time. Paul calls it, I finished my course. So everyone has a course that they are to finish and that we are seeing that life is temporary. So what happens then? We are to value our time and spirit blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted so it is a, you know we're not always going to be around so mourning is that in this that we're not going to be able to perhaps my, when my brother died 
Um, he was 42, and his children were, I think, four and six, somewhere in there. And he said, I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going, and, and, but I'm sad because I'll never see my children grow up. So he was grieving the idea that his mourning, and, but the idea is blessed are those because we recognize the temporariness of life and we try to do the best with what time we have. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Now, possessing the land would be the last thing we would think meek would have <laughs> because we don't understand what meek means. Humble, meek, uh, is the idea of bending low, but not before people, but before God. Now, we don't strive to be, and we put this in the correct verbiage, that it's not wrong to strive to be first. You know, but it, you know, being first is all right, but lording it over other people, that's wrong. I'm first, you're second, ha, 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 you know. <laughs> and whether it's in physical or spiritual or um, corporately or whatever, you know, it's, it's like the, the guy said, uh, he climbed to the top of the ladder in his business only to find out that his ladder was against the wrong building. <laughs> so trying to find the top, and he, he did, but it was not where he thought he should be or where, what, he, what he wanted. So blessed are the meek. Now, the interpretation to make sure is meekness is not weakness. It's the opposite. Meekness is strength. And I, I know I've used this illustration over and over again, but strength under control. If you have a wild stallion and you capture that stallion and you break it to be uh, bridled and that you can ride, the stallion hasn't lost its strength its strength is now guided by the rider. And so God is the one who guides our life, and the strength of God is us, in us. And so our strengths are to be used. We haven't lost them, and we don't have to give them up because we have to be meek. <laughs> no, meekness is not doormats. You know, meekness is the ability to be strong of heart and strong of character and strong in one's desire to serve God and fulfill the will of God. I don't need <laughs> to push somebody out of a position. You know, um, problems come when two people try to occupy the same space. Doesn't matter if it's in the neighborhood or on a team or in school or uh, at business or at work. When two people try to occupy the same space, it's conflicts. So meekness is, it's all yours. Go right ahead. You know, God's got something better. I'm moving on, and I'm moving up. You can have this space if you want. It's, it's you know, it's temporary. And everything in life is temporary. So we want to make the best of it, allowing God to teach us and guide us through it. So blessed, of the two words which are translated blessed, the one here is used is pointing more to what is inward that I recognize the blessing and how it affects me inwardly, not how it affects me outwardly. I am blessed to the point that I am safe and secure in who I am, what I have. God can add, or like Paul, he's, you know, fought the good fight, been drug out of the city for dead, 
you know, stoned, beaten with rods, a day and a night, floating in the deep. You know, we would think that he's a failure in what he does. But Paul is saying, no, I'm blessed. He's saying here, not Paul, but what's written here is declaring that he is blessed on an inward, in an inward mission. This doesn't destroy me. This doesn't hinder me. What's going on about me doesn't prevent me from doing the will of God. I'm just continuing on. I'm continuing to do what is before me. So being hurt, being knocked down, no problem. <laughs> We're in this for the long haul. We're going to get up. Uh, Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to the godly people on his right, Come, my father has great blessings for you. The kingdom he promised is now yours. It has been prepared for you since the world was made. So you see, the foundation of our meekness is in, the prep, uh, is in what God has done for us. Heaven is my home. You want this? You want this earthly place? You want that structure, that building, that car, that whatever? You want It's yours. I've got heaven. I don't need to quabble over this. <laughs> my mother, whenever... Um, my grandmother passed away. Um, one of the relatives, one of my mother's sisters, <laughs> um, whether good or bad, can't really say, grace, mercy. Anyhow, that individual um, took everything that was my, my grandmother's. And my mother got nothing. And my mother said, she can have it all. It's worth it to have a sister and a relationship with my sister than to have anything that she wants. Mom, that's not right. <laughs> you know, that's me, you know. Mom, that's not right, you know. <laughs> but no, that was, that, was her, that was her attitude. I don't want anything if it's going to upset our relationship. That's having the inward strength that all of this is just temporary. And where are all those things that they, they had? They're long gone somewhere. Who knows where they're at? Would have been worth destroying a relationship to prove a point. See? And so in our life, that's the idea of being blessed. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, I've got a long list of scriptures here in Matthew chapter 18 and, and I think it just kind of presents to us what is said here about being merciful for the son of man has come to save that which was lost okay the lost sheep uh, verse 12 of Matthew 18 if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go to the mountains and seek that which has gone astray the idea of mercy is God is always looking for the lost. He wants, he desires to be merciful. Uh, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his faults between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. 
So the challenge here is if something's wrong between two people, it doesn't say you go and put it in the newspaper. I, I've, I've seen that. Uh, I used to use it as an illustration uh, in teaching about bereavement. This one, this one uh, lady had siblings, and um, her mother lived in the house, okay? They had the house. And uh, mother died. Well, no, before mother died, the siblings um, felt there was no one taking care of mother, so she needed to be in a, in a, in a care facility. So the siblings had mother placed in a, in a care facility, and, and uh, while she was there, she died. Well, the one sister who was against all of that wrote an article a year later in the newspaper. Mother, it is so bad about your family <laughs> that they took you from your home and placed you in this facility, and I was against it from the very beginning. <laughs> and she went on and on railing over her family. Well, this one who rallied over her family kept mother's house and every year on her mother's birthday, she would have a birthday party for her mother and bring a cake. And she would eat it with her mother. She had a really different... <laughs> I can go on. All right, we'll go on. Verse 18. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, like one person said, you should write a book. Well, I did write a book, and it's you know, still sitting on my bookshelf. But the idea is there are so many things that go on in life that people have experienced, and, well, we should just let them go. Let's go on. The first part, uh, let's skip down to, because I don't have a lot of time here, let's skip down to verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. Okay? King, servants, whatever. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Several, this is, this is the definition of that, several thousand pounds of silver, perhaps up to $10 million. Okay? So here is this guy who's been, you know, has a $10 million debt. But for as much, verse 25, as he hath not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant, therefore, verse 26, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Verse 27, then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. Okay? You know the, the, the Lord's prayer, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins as those who, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So forgive us our sins like we forgive others. So Jesus is putting this story here. But that same servant who had $10 million forgiven went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him 100 pieces, pences. He, he owed him a few bucks. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not. <laughs> and he cast him into prison till he should pay his debt. How are you going to pay a debt in prison? So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they went very sorrowfully and came unto, told their Lord what was done. Okay, so the guy who forgave him 10 million heard about what he had done. 
Then his Lord, after that, he had called him in, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. You see, the old idea is mercy. When mercy has been given to us, and mercy is the ability to, to do something, you have the power and the authority to do something terrible, hard, reckoning with someone. You, it's all in your, in your power, and you say, I'm not going to do that. That's being merciful. And so um, he, this Lord threw him in jail and told him that, uh, uh, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors until he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to unto you if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers their trespasses. So the idea is forgive them, let it go. Blessed, be blessed, bless others. Um, we'll move on. Uh, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The verse has a reference in Matthew uh, 5. It says, but I tell you, love your enemies. This is Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies. Pray for those who treat you badly. If you do this, you will be children who are truly like your Father in heaven. He lets the sun rise for all people, whether they are good or bad. He sends rain to those who do right and those who do wrong. So you, and we understand that blessed are the peacemakers, that we're looking for a way to make peace. <laughs> so that we, um, the goal through all of this is to be children who are truly like our Father in heaven. That's what this all, but Jesus is teaching us here. Be like your Father in heaven. And what we are reflecting is what we have received. If we haven't received it from God, we're missing out. Um, these teachings were contrary to popular thought. You know, they, they thought if something bad was going on, you deserved it. You know, like Job. <laughs> um, we'll move on. We are at, what, what are we at there? Is that the last one? Did I skip a page or two? Blessed are the peacemakers. Um, is there another one after peacemakers? Pardon? Persecuted. I have it somewhere. Persecuted are those who... Um, persecuted are those... We're not seeking to be persecuted. That was one of the thoughts. Persecuted are those who, who are being badgered for their faith or because of their walk with God. And so God is saying that you are blessed. Don't worry about their persecution because I am going to bless you and that this is going to turn into a blessing for you. So an attitude that we are looking for is how do we look and how do we see what's going on in our world around us? Jesus is presenting to us in the B attitude that we are to have that it is one in which we are comforted, that we are guided, and that we see things from a different perspective. All these things are temporal. All these things are temporary. Everything has come so that it can come to pass. <laughs> and so the things that are seemingly most important now in our life, in six minutes, <laughs> six years, 60 years, they'll mean very little. So 
see them in light of the teachings that Jesus has given to us and that we are merciful, we are peacemakers, we are individuals who see beyond the moment and that we are doing our best with what we have, that we are bankrupt spiritually, but only because we are emptying ourselves so that we can be filled with the Spirit of God and that God's Spirit can fill us to overflowing. So as we look at this, he's basically telling us to be grateful, blessed, see the joy, feel the joy in our spirit, be grateful. <laughs> I read these. Why is, why is gratitude so powerful? In positive psychology, if you want to go that route, in positive psychology research, gratitude is a strong and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experience, improve their health, and deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. <laughs> being grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for experiencing worship together. Thank you for being part of the body of Christ. Thank you for the attitude that we have is gratitude. Gratitude to the people that we work with. Gratitude to the place that we work. Even if we don't feel grateful, it doesn't matter. It's the joy that is in here that this is the place that God has placed me and put me for this point of time, and so I am to grow through these experiences. Gratitude is an acceptance of our worth to God. Gratitude, being grateful, being blessed, is an acceptance of our worth to God and to other people. You are valuable to God and to others. When we choose gratitude, we accept ourselves as worthy and give ourselves permission to be loved and to be blessed. <laughs> we give ourselves permission. I am grateful. I'm not hoarding. I'm sharing. I'm not, I'm bankrupt, but I am full. So we are not full of ourselves, full of the Spirit that guides us in our worship, guides us in our thoughts, guides us in our life, and we are grateful because there is an acceptance of my worth, your worth. You are accepted by God in all your abilities and talents, no matter what they are, big or great, doesn't matter, they are accepted by God. And if I am grateful, other people will be blessed by it. And we choose gratitude, we accept ourselves as worthy. God has made us worthy. The, the, I remember there was a teaching years ago. People would, you know, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner. And uh, wait a minute. You, we were unworthy and we were sinners. We're not a sinner now. We are, by God's grace, a saint. <laughs> not because we're perfect, but because of God. And his righteousness, remember, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. What it means is, I am taking all of my sin, my unworthiness, and all that stuff that's there, and I am giving it to Jesus and exchanging it with Jesus for his righteousness. So I am righteous because of Jesus. 
And because of that righteousness, I am grateful. There is joy in my heart. And I can see my life as being the will of God. And if somebody wants this spot, that's okay. I'm moving on. Because there's always something before me because I have a course to run. And God is going to help me, enable me, strengthen me as I walk this course. <laughs> the attitude of life. How do we interpret it? Let us see it through what Jesus teaches us. The B attitudes. Amen? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you teach us, you guide us, you help us in all ways. And we are strengthened by your spirit and your word. And so we open our hearts to be receptive of you. We are bankrupt in our spirits, but we are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, we are grateful. We give thanks and praise to you for what we have in you is more than enough. So we thank you for how you provide and bless. And God, we are grateful for each one that is here, each one that is listening. God, we are grateful that your Holy Spirit touches us and we are made worthy because of our relationship with you. We thank you for this. And we pray your blessing. We pray your healing touch to be upon those who are ill. We thank you, Lord. Nothing is impossible with you. We ask your blessing and guidance in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Uh, Beatitude.